peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus. Amen. Wow, it's May already. Mother's Day even. Happy Mother's Day, by the way. Our lives have sure changed since last Mother's Day, haven't they? Christmas was just a few months ago, but sometimes it seems like a year ago with everything that's gone on in our lives, in our country, and, well, in the world. One day the economy is great, and the next, economies in almost every country in the world are sent through the ringer. One day our health is good, and the next, well, who knows? Now, things have always been a little unstable, but lately, with the jobless number rising and the stock market falling, with uncertainty in foreign affairs and the seeming inability to produce enough toilet paper to make us feel at ease, I dare say we all feel that our world has been rocked a little, or maybe a lot. In our collect prayer today, we prayed that among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. Among the many changes of this world, our hearts may be fixed where true joys are found. It is the nature of this world. It is the nature of our prideful, self-reliant, and self-centered flesh to fix our eyes on whatever we imagine will bring us joy. We long for the day when we can go to the grocery store without a mask and stroll down the paper goods aisle and linger to squeeze the Charmin. We hope for the day when the economy will be booming again and our favorite restaurant will be able to do more than just provide curbside takeout. And the day will come. The world's response to COVID-19, believe it or not, will all soon be in the past. And life will be good again and we'll be happy until the freezer breaks down and all the wonderful frozen food that we got such a good deal on spoils, and then the car has a flat, or your employer has to downsize and your position becomes superfluous, and, and the temptation is to pin our hopes and our happiness and our joy on the things of this world, all the things in the world that we've built for ourselves. But your hope and your joy are not in this world, are not of this world, and they are not of your making. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. Jesus, who had nothing in this world, not even a place to lay his head, as he said, has called you out of this world. This same Jesus was the Son of God, but did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, a thing to be clung to, but emptied himself put away his glory, humbled himself and became a man like us, humbled himself to be the sin-bearer for us, took our sins to the cross, was buried in the tomb, and three days later 
He rose from the dead. He lives, and so shall we. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Alleluia. Then, when Jesus says, Let not your hearts be troubled, we can take heart. Jesus stood in for you and me and took the worst that this world had to throw at him, took the rejection of men and the rejection of God and the crushing blow of his Father's wrath for sin. He went through the torment of hell and felt the cold clutches of death and rose victorious on that first Easter morning. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the writer to the Hebrews says, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. We can lift our heads. We can look with eyes of faith and see that the things of this life, the things that seem so solid and reliable, the things that would seem to matter so much and be sure footing for us, are really nothing. They are smoke and vapor. A chasing after the wind, King Solomon writes in Ecclesiastes over and over again. Satan would have you believe that it's God and his son Jesus. It's the cross and the empty tomb and eternity in heaven that are the vapor and smoke. That they are maybe true and maybe not. That the only thing reliable in this world is you yourself and the world you build for yourself. These are the things you can control, he whispers, what you can see and feel and hold in your hand. He's even okay with you having some religion in your life, so long as it's just for an hour or two on the weekends, so long as it doesn't get out of hand and start controlling your life. Because if there is a God, he's way off there somewhere, he's distant, and there's always time for that later, isn't there? Right now, you've got to live your life. You've got to enjoy good things that you've gotten for yourself. And you've got to see if you can't even add a few more. But through the Apostle Peter, the Holy Spirit encourages us not to listen to the deceiver. God is not distant. The Spirit directs us where to seek our peace and joy, where the solid footing is where the unmovable bedrock is, solid rock that doesn't shift and fall out from beneath us. Fix your eyes on Jesus, the second person of the Trinity who didn't demand that you come to him, but God in the flesh who came to you, came to give his life for you, to pay for your sins, came to free you from the power of sin, death, and the devil. Like newborn infants, Paul writes, long for the pure spiritual milk, that by it you may grow up to salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God chosen and precious, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. 
So the honor is for you who believe. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And having received the mercy of God and been made a holy people in Christ Jesus our Lord, we now live a new life. Stephen certainly did. There's a lot that we didn't read that Luke records for us in Acts about the stoning of Stephen. He's a convert to Christianity and he's chosen by the apostles to assist in the work of food distribution to the poor among them. But Stephen is doing even more than that. In his new life, in his new identity as a follower of Jesus Christ, as one who believes that Jesus was crucified for his sins and that Jesus rose from the dead, we find Stephen doing great signs and wonders among the people in the name of Jesus. And this doesn't sit well with the Jews, with those who thought they'd gotten rid of Jesus, And they rise up and they dispute with Stephen. But they can't stand up to his wisdom through the Holy Spirit. So they find some false witnesses and they put Stephen on trial, saying that he's stirring up the people, and even that he's speaking against Moses and against God. But they make the mistake of asking Stephen to speak and defend himself. And, moved by the Holy Spirit, Stephen begins by recounting Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob Israel in slavery in Egypt, and how God raised up Moses to do mighty works and wonders and to lead the people out of their bondage. But at Mount Sinai, the people rejected Moses and had Aaron make for them a golden calf. And they offered sacrifices to the idol, Stephen says, and they were rejoicing in the works of their hands. And then Stephen accuses them of doing the very same thing. As their fathers persecuted God's prophets, so they have persecuted and even put to death the righteous one, God's chosen Messiah. And they are enraged, and they grind their teeth at him. But Stephen's gaze is fixed on Jesus, standing at the right hand of God with all power and all authority, the marks of the crucifixion emblazoned forever on his hands and his feet. He says, I see the heavens opened and the Son of Man standing at the right hand of God. And this is too much for the enemies of Christ. And they drag Stephen outside the walls and they stone him. And as he's dying, he calls out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he prays for those killing him, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. Stephen stood on the rock. As he was hauled before the court, he stood on the rock. As he was dragged through the city gate, and as the stones were hurled at him in murderous anger, Stephen stood on the bedrock of his faith in a risen Lord and Savior. 
the things of this world had become vapor and smoke. And the reality of his having been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of God's mercy and grace in Jesus, the firm reality of his citizenship in heaven, gave him strength and sure hope and peace. And these carried him into the waiting arms of his Savior. Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, that where I am you may be also. These tender words are for you today, no matter what you are going through, no matter what you might have done. Jesus has given his life for you to make you right with the Father. Your sins are forgiven by his very own blood. He has not abandoned you, but is interceding with the Father on your behalf. He is preparing a place for you because he wants to share eternity in joy and peace with you. That's bedrock. That's reality. That's where your joy and your peace are found. That's something solid, something we can cling to, something that lifts our sight beyond the troubles of this life. So, let not your hearts be troubled this day. We have good news to share with the world around us. Good news about the Savior Jesus, risen from the dead, and coming again to take us to himself. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus until the day he comes to take you home. Amen.